This time we are off to Korea, Deep Voice Guy. Let's go. Welcome to the ALT Insider Podcast, dedicated to making you have the most fun possible while living or dreaming about living in Japan. Whether you've been here for years or are just starting to consider it, we've got you covered. And now, your host, broadcasting from somewhere in Japan, James. James here, ALT Insider Podcast, coming at you, episode number... 098 of the ALT Insider Podcast. We're inching ever closer to the epic episode number 100. Uh, nice to have you with me here today. Today we are talking all about teaching in Korea. So a few weeks ago I did teaching in China to get a little feel for that. This week it is teaching in Korea to compare and contrast all about the good parts, the bad parts, everything you want to know about teaching in another country. If you're in Japan and you think you're happy with your situation, that's cool. But it's sometimes cool to hear about things from other situations as well, which I have P here to learn more about what it's all about over there in Korea. So, as for show stuff, show stuff, site stuff, where's a live hangout, question and answer hangout scheduled for Sunday, March 19th, 10 a.m. Japan time. That's March 19th, 10 a.m. Japan time. If you're in America still, or if you're in any other part of the world, use this as your baseline to figure out what time it is. It's going to be March 18th, 9 p.m. on the East Coast time. And please go to the show notes page if you want to hear those dates again, because I might, if I say them again, I might mess them up. It is going to be at altinsider.com forward slash podcast 100. And all the dates will be there. It's going to be a live hangout voted on by the subscribers to the ALT Insider mailing list. I already have about 20 questions. My goal is to answer 100 questions on that show. So however long that takes, that's what I'm going to do. 100 questions. So I need some more questions. I need some sweet questions. I have about 20 good ones now, but I need more. So if you have any question you want to ask me about anything, life, Japan, teaching, working, anything you ever wanted to know about anything, basically, send it over to me. James at altinsider.com, and I will definitely answer it during that live hangout on, again, I'll say it one more time, last time, Sunday, March 19th, 10 a.m. Japan time, March 18th, 9 p.m. East Coast Standard Time. If you have any questions you want to hear answered, send it to me at james at altinsider.com, and I will definitely answer it on that show. Hope to see as many people there as I can, and of course, the replay will be available. But be there live, because it's much cooler live, right? You want it to be as epic as possible, have a cool, fun hangout. I hope to see you guys there. I'll, of course, be talking about this more every week, so get ready for that. So, um, On the site side of things, the latest post this week was about all about ALT Insider and co- <laughs> Insider Contracts. Now, we don't have too many ALT Insider Contracts yet, but ALT Contracts and uh, how they vary quite differently. Uh, I used to think when I was ALT for, I was of ALT for a lot of years, and I thought my contract was like everyone, the person sitting next to me at my company, right? But that's not really the case, so... Uh, don't be afraid to negotiate for things you want, especially times like this when now is the negotiating period, right? If we're if you're watching this live on the week of uh, February 29th, no, no, March March third. If you're listening to it on March the week of March third, you'll hear this is like the contract time. So, if this is your time to negotiate, don't sign a contract you're not happy with, right? If there's something you don't want, don't be afraid to ask for it. You might not get it, of course, but don't just blindly sign that dotted line. Okay, so check that out on the site. Of course, it's on the, in the show notes page as well at ALT Insider forward slash podcast 100. So anyway, let's get back to today's show. It's all about Korea, all about teaching Korea, all about what's it like to teach in that land that is known as Korea. I've actually never been there, but I do want to go there before my time in Japan is done. But anyways, that's not important. I don't know why I said that. Can't take it back now, though. Let's get to the episode. Here is Pete talking to you all about what it's like to teach in Korea. Enjoy. 
All right, guys, today I have a very special guest. He is not teaching in Japan like most of our guests here. He is actually in Korea, and he's part of the series about you know teaching in other countries, working in other countries. What's that like? His name is Pete. How are you doing today, Pete? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. It's nice to talk to you today from someone that's uh, not in Japan for once. Um, so first, I want you to let people know, what are you doing in Korea now for an income? Right now, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher on a freelance basis. Originally, I came to Korea, and I was working for the U.S. government. I did that for many years, and about 2014, I decided to get out on my own and uh, teach a few different areas, uh, after-school programs, and I teach business classes. Cool. So what kind of got you interested in working in, in Korea in the first place? Um, actually, I came here as a soldier. I came here in 1994. Um, when I finished my time in the military, I I left Korea late in 95, and I came back in January of 96. <clears throat> and I, Originally, I worked for the United Service Organizations. Um, I traveled all around Korea. That was fun. I did that for a little over, like, just about four years. Um, then I went to work as a on-base contractor, processing people when they got out of the service. And I stopped doing that in 2005. Right after that, I started working in the private academies and did that until 2014. Wow. So kind of you didn't choose Korea, kind of your kind of employment kind of chose it for you kind of? Yeah. The <laughs> truth is, when I, while I was in the military, I did not want to come here. I tried <laughs> everything to not come here. The Army gave me orders three different times, and each time I was allowed to uh, defer the action. But... They finally got me in 90, I guess, 93. They hooked me up and said, you have to go. No choice. So, you know, you obviously, you, uh, there was some reason you chose to stay, though, now that you have, you came to a point in your life where you had a choice. So kind of what made you decide to stay in Korea? Well, the Korean people are really, really nice people. Um, I'm from, I'm from upstate New York, and the terrain here is very similar to what I'm used to at home, although more hills back home and more mountains here but generally it's the same i enjoy hiking and doing things outdoor outdoors i've traveled i probably have traveled honestly more in korea than most koreans have traveled in korea okay so you know what was you know when you decided to finally make the change was uh did you kind of were you worried about like you know could employment at all when you decided to kind of break off or was that totally your choice right to make the yeah it was t it was totally my choice I, I was just comfortable here uh my experience with the military lined me up for a couple of good jobs one with the uso and the other with the uh processing people out of the service just my personality fit well with those jobs the the activities that we did with the both jobs were suitable for me so i, I was comfortable and by then you know i'd been here after 96, I began making many civilian friends um, because the military, they're here for a year or two years mm -hmm. generally, and they rotate out, much like English teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But some of the civilian people that worked, and some were English teachers, but some of the people that I was becoming friends with were also either government employees or contractors who had long-term plans to stay in Korea. So it, it, I had a support structure, you know, group of friends, networking was, was a good, easy way to find work or just be comfortable, live, live a comfortable life there. All right. So what's kind of the most common way people find work as an English teacher in Korea? Um, generally, they, they, from my understanding, because I've never 
I didn't find the job from outside of Korea, but my understanding is that the recruiting companies will post um, online or even in newspaper advertisements looking for uh, young people, mostly young people, uh, that want to try living in another country and doing something that teaching English can be pretty easy if you get the right right situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, I what I see is a lot of uh, right out of university people that come to Korea and teach some, I would, I'm just going to guess that about 50% of the people come, they do one year or two years and then leave. The other 50% will stay on for three or four years. And now the current trend is that a lot of people are leaving Korea and going to uh, China or Vietnam where the working conditions are I, I'm going to guess the same, but the living conditions are different. You, you have Vietnam where the pay is a little bit lower, but the cost of living is so low that people are a, actually able to you know, save money and live a comfortable life. China, the living conditions are a little different, but the pay is higher. And they, it's what I'm hearing is that there seems to be a lot more vacation time, more so than in Korea. Yeah, so you said like the living conditions are different in China, so I'm guessing they're worse than in Korea, correct? Yeah, I, I'm. Most people, when when I when I eat, either see people conversing about it or I have interactions with them, they just say the environmental conditions are not so good. But other than that, the life life they they have the free time and they they're able, they have the ability to travel. They're not really hindered in that way, traveling or or free time. I've heard people say that the internet is a is a problem. You're not supposed to or, or shouldn't be allowed to have Facebook. Oh, I know wow. Chinese students who've come to Korea and they activate a Facebook account and then when they, they leave, they have to turn it off and then when they come back or when they're traveling outside of China, they turn it back on. Wow, <laughs> that's different. Yeah, so what kind of can we expect? Like, what are they? Con- I know you didn't work in that kind of job, but with those kind of jobs, the conditions like, let's say, let's say pay, could you save money with that? Or is it kind of like just enough to get by? Or from your knowledge, of course, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it depends on the person. I think younger people who, who come here with debt tend to be able to pay the debt off. They, they're able to send money home and, and, and make some, you know, work their debt down a little bit. But then again, <clears throat> for many of the young people, it's, it's just their, it's really their first time really, really away from home. Like can't, can't drive across the state to go and see mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get here and they have to make a, a new bunch of friends. They have to understand, they have to learn about the language and the culture. Um, and sometimes the dark side is that the alcohol here flows freely and <laughs> virtually 24 hours a day. And so some people get sucked into that. Um, but generally, I, what I see, I see a lot of people traveling, a lot of people asking for substitutes or, or asking about visas to other countries for short visits. So I'm, I'm seeing that young people are able to save the money. The pay here has not really changed much in general in the past 15 years. It's mm. really been about the same. Same with Japan, yeah. I, I'm going to say that I don't know what J- Japanese teachers, or foreign teachers, ESL teachers in Japan make, but in Korea, the, the starting salary is usually just above the 
$2,000 a month. Okay. It's a comparable. I don't, care. Comparable. I don't watch what the exchange rate is, so I don't actually know the dollar one exchange rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they make about $2 million one to $2 million three on a starting salary. And that changes, of course, with, you know, there are there are training programs for teachers. I don't even know what they are, CELTA and, and such. Yeah, all that stuff. What's kind of the climate in, in English teaching? Is it really popular these days? Like in Japan, there was a big boom like 10 years ago. Now we're kind of, right. we went through a, a valley of not so interest. And now because the Olympics are coming, it's getting more interest in more kind of, you know, uh, what's the word, momentum. So how's it going in Korea with that, in that on that front? I, I think it's the same. And I've, I've, I've known a few teachers that went to Japan and taught. Um, some have come back and some have just gone back home. But um, I think that we were in the we were kind of following that same uh, ebb and tide mm-hmm. that it was popular. The a lot of this is driven by how the Korean government teaches uh, treats public education and how universities look at English scores on the scholastic aptitude test. Okay. Uh, they call it the Sunung here or KSAT, Korean School Scholastic Aptitude Test. Um, and, and that's changed. Some of the focus was more on conversation a few years ago in the public schools. Um, the TOEFL test was big. The TEPS, T-E-P-S, was also a test that many students focused on, but I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the big TOEFL and TEPS push now it's just they need to learn english yeah so it's the, is there in public schools is there how when do kids start learning english in public school if you if you know the answer of course i, I teach um in what they call after school programs korea has actually been cutting down on the number of you people may have heard of epic english teaching program in korea or gepic gyeonggi epic gyeonggi english program in korea there's different government funded programs that put foreign teachers into public schools and they're they're paired up with the Korean teacher and the the, the they'll have a, a regular schedule of five four to six hours a day of classes mm-hmm. um, that rotate with because each elementary school has five or six classrooms within each grade maybe more depending on the size of the school and so the Korean government has actually been cutting down cutting back on the number of foreign teachers inside the public schools. Oh, okay. There's been a shift, it seems, more into this after-school program, which I teach now, um, where the cost is very much reduced. I don't want to say cost, but I don't want to tell you what the costs are, but very, very low per student. But the students only get um, five classes a week that are about 40 or 50 minutes each. Okay. So like the government kind of like, so in, the, in Japan, we have a system called jet program, which is government run, like kind of get, get te- foreign teachers in public schools. It's kind of sounds like that. So is that kind of like in Japan, it's kind of the, the Holy grail, the toughest job to get if you don't have any experience. And that's kind of the, the job you want. If you're still in your home country, is it the same in Korea or no? Um, here's the problem. Uh, some of the private academies, um, have bad reputations. The, they don't pay on time or uh, the benefits aren't so good or the work required. They, some Hagwans are a little, academies are a little more free. They let the teacher, you know, they don't have to be to work 
unless there's a class and they only have to be there a few minutes ahead. Other academies, the teachers are required to be there for a set period of time, like from 2.30 in the afternoon until 9.45 at night, um, whether they have classes or not. Okay. So there, there's all there's a huge difference in um, how teachers are treated in the public system, the public school system, because their pay is always on time. Their benefits are laid out in like government controlled contracts. It's very cut and dry that they generally have to go to work whether they have classes or not. We call that desk warming. I'm sure similar thing in, in Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, the private side is, is just a huge, a huge, there's a whole Facebook groups devoted to helping people deal with legal problems. <laughs> Although I, in my opinion, many of the legal problems that people get themselves into are because they're unaware of the Korean laws and kind of don't care until it's too late. Mm -hmm. They don't do any research and then it's 11 months in and they're getting ready to go and they want to find out what their benefit package are and then they find out that the, gov the, the, the owner of the school wasn't paying their taxes properly or wasn't paying into the pension Things like that. Yeah, so that's kind of that, that's some situations like that definitely do happen in Japan too. So you you keep you said um, academy. So is that the name for a public school or? No, when I say academy, that's the term we use for the private owned. Um, after the school is out, I, okay. I don't know about Japanese kids, but Korean kids go to like two days a week. They'll have English class for three or four hours. Two days a week, they'll go to a math academy, and then it's like computer academies or music academies or. Just like yeah. poor kids here. Japan, yeah, Japan has something called Juku, which is the same thing. After I say it's after school, school, right? And uh, yeah, it's to get, get you ready for the you know university tests and high school tests and all that stuff. So yeah, it's tough for the kids here too. Right it, here, here it's called the Hagwon system, H A K W O N, um, and that's what it, we sometimes refer to that as academies. Uh, okay, so and you know, so if is it tougher to get those government jobs you said are kind of you know better than the ones in private academies or is it kind of similar yeah i i think it's tougher to get the government jobs only because they probably are getting um several resumes for each position mm -hmm. so there's as i said earlier they're they're cutting down on those those numbers every year it seems like they're they're cutting back on the number of teachers they hire so it becomes a little more um a scramble to see who's going to get the job. Private academies are just, they're everywhere. You can find them. They're, I don't know what you guys use generally, but many people refer teachers to what's called Dave's ESL. It's a website that's built for, was originally built to help teachers. Like they, people submitted already made classes and things like that, worksheets and such. But then on the other side, it was also a job finding forum Back then, they were all forums for, for people to discuss jobs and, and help each other out. Um, these days, most of that's done through Dave's or a few different Facebook groups for each country or even for each city in the country. Wow, okay. And so, uh, kind of big question, but like when you get a visa for work in Japan, obviously the company sponsors it for you and stuff, and how long do they normally give you for that? Um, in, in Korea, the, the E2 or teaching visa is generally it's a year. I, I've heard people say that sometimes the the school wants the, the teacher to sign a contract for like a year and a month 
or a year and two months, maybe because a, a teacher left early, family problem or whatever, a teacher left early and they want to keep the, the, I don't know, they want to keep the teacher's contracts in line with their like semesters. They're, they're, they're generally, Hakwans or academies, they use four equal periods in a year. And so they want to keep the teachers lined up with that academic, the progress of the students before they okay. maybe change levels. Did I explain that clearly? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So basically is the visas are a year to kind of, and they kind of make it a little bit longer so you don't, they don't miss, they don't have any time without a teacher basically. Right, right. So, so let's get, get you know, kind of learn a little bit more about the education system. So okay. once you get people excited, what's the best part about living in Korea? Um, I, I I like the people. I like the food. I'm very, I don't have a car. I sold my car in 2005 and I just use public transportation. I'm a whiz guy at how to get, like, I know where I need to be in the trains, in the subway station so that I can, when I get to where I'm going, it's going to save me time. I don't have to, I'm not at the <laughs> beginning or the end where I don't need to be. I, I, I know the buses. I generally can judge how long it's going to take a bus to get from point A to point B without using GPS or like uh, Google Maps like that. Yeah, so okay, let's go to the other side then. Oh, I wanted to ask about the train system. Like Japan, the train systems are always on time, exactly on time. If they say they're coming at 2.42, they're going to be there at 2.42. Is it the same in Korea? I've never... Th there is a, a subway schedule of when the train should arrive. I just generally... I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to agree. Yes, the trains are on time. <laughs> okay. Because I, I, I generally know what time I have to be to work, and so I just... I'm always at the subway station at, within a minute or two and catch the same subways every day. Okay, that sounds good. So let's go the other way. What are some points that are not so great about living and working in Korea? Um, the living part, some people really have a hard time with, like, Korea is very crowded. And when I first came here a long time ago, I did not like people bumping into me. If I bumped into somebody, I'd stop and say, I'm sorry. And then they looked at me like I was silly. Like, why are you saying that? Everybody bumps into <laughs> everybody. So it's okay. Um, but the culture side is that there's just the different ways that people interact within their own society. And sometimes the, the teachers that come here, their first time out of state or first time out of country, definitely first time out of country. And they're just not used to dealing with everyday life in a foreign language that they don't speak. Okay. You know, we get used to the way businesses run, how we go to the bank and pay things. But here, you know, everything's now, everything's um, internet banking. And so one of the big problems in Korea is that they still use Internet Explorer as the basis for all <laughs> okay. internet banking, all government websites. And so with that, you have to download all of these security certificates, which can be a real pain if your bank branch doesn't have anybody that speaks English. So I feel, you know, I understand there many people have problems, but, you know, I live, of course, my wife is Korean, so I have that advantage that I don't really have to do much. She does that sort of thing for me. But there are loads and loads of people who just get by because they, They've researched, they've asked, you know, I, I admin in several groups on Facebook and we get people, we screen people to see if they're in Korea or not. 
before we allow them entry into the group. And so sometimes we get people saying, look, I'm going to be there in three months. I want to start making friends and I want to start learning. On the flip side, you get somebody who, who joins the group and says, yeah, I've been here for three months and I don't have any friends. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how to pay my bills. So it's both sides. I just wish that more people would get, you know, I was actually talking with my niece the other day. She's graduating school in the spring and she's trying to decide what to do with her life. And she may, may just go right into graduate school. But I, I gave her a, um, an idea. Maybe she should look into teaching English overseas. I'd love it if she came to my city, but you know, that's just an option for her. But yeah. I just I impressed upon her that whatever she wants to do, she just needs to research it before she makes the move. She can't just like grab the diploma from the 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 person handing them out at the graduation ceremony and then run for the airport. That doesn't yeah. work. I, I just think if people were a little more prepared before they they hopped on the plane, their lives would be so much yeah, better. I think it's true with any Japan too and any other country, you know. Some people just come over here and say it's gonna be great, but then they don't really you know they don't really understand everything's right. gonna happen. So how do you is there any kinda how are you treated as a foreigner in Korea? Is it easy to kinda get along with people? Do you have any problems with that kind of stuff? Do the police pull you over or something like that? <laughs> Sometimes happens in Japan. But Well, when I when I first came to Korea I would I was driving on the highway and I was speeding. Ouch. <laughs> a cop stopped me and he got to the window of the car and he saluted me and said, you know, like, hi, how are you? Oh, you're a foreigner. Go, <laughs> go away. But I'm, these days, you know, there was a big push about seven or eight years ago with the Korean police to upgrade their, their appearance. They changed their uniform. They redid the police stations. They, instead of, you know, it used to be the police would stand on the side of the road with a flashlight at night and pull people, you know, tell people to stop. But if they raced down ahead, the police didn't chase them. Okay. Not anymore. Now every cop has got a handheld device that he can plug in a license plate number and get an instant, like, is there a problem with that car? Is the car stolen? Did they? Was there an accident? Do they have lots of outstanding fines? They can run that data in seconds and... If they have to, if they want to chase somebody, they'll get into a police car or they'll get on a, a a motorcycle and chase you down. Okay, that wasn't that it wasn't that way even ten years ago. So you know, did, are you saying like Korea's gotten safer? Or that, can I assume that? It's it's oh, it's very safe. I I'm I'm imagining that Korea and Japan are both very safe compared to. I live in a city of two, two plus million, and I'm not afraid to go places. Never. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not a woman, but I don't hear people say anything about, well, I was beaten up or I was robbed or I don't hear those stories. You hear the stories of people downtown and they were in a fight. And then six months later, you hear the same person downtown drunk and in a fight. And six months later, you're the same person. I was downtown and got beat up. (laughs) So it's general, in my opinion, if you want trouble, you can find trouble, but Generally, I've not heard people having trouble. Okay, so and I've heard the from Japanese people here, Japanese, uh, you know, Japanese people that say like there's a kind of a stereotype that Je- Korean guys are kind of really not forceful, but they really kind of say what they want right away. They don't beat around the bush. They say, "I like you. I want to be with you." Whatever. Do you think that's true in your experience? Or my experience is that some guys will say, you know, in general in Korea, I think the questions when people meet foreigners are like, "How old are you? Are you married? What's your job? How much money do you make?" Mm-hmm. 
they, they're pretty bold about those kinds of questions, but they ask Koreans the same questions. Ah, okay. So it's, to them, it's not anything, it's not weird. Okay, so yeah. It's, to them, it's just normal. Okay. And um, so I wanted to talk about, you know, you have, you, you obviously are ad, you're admin a few Facebook groups. I want to talk about one, the non-teaching job seekers uh, thing. It's about kind of jobs that aren't teaching for, in Korea. So is it easy to find employment that isn't teaching in Korea if you're a foreigner? Or does it just matter in your language level or how does that work? Uh, I, what I see in that group is that we, they, they want some foreigners, especially Seoul-based businesses up in Seoul. Um, they want foreigners to work at restaurants or uh, quite often we see companies asking for people that are um, maybe bilingual or trilingual because maybe the company members are mostly Korean and they need somebody who can speak English, but they need to be able to communicate with that person. Mm, okay. So they want somebody who can speak both Korean and English. But also these days I'm, I'm seeing a lot of jobs that are for non-English speaking translations like Korean companies that are trying to get business going in different European countries or other even other Asian countries um, asking for speakers of many different languages. There are the odd jobs like selling phone cards and, and garbage that they don't care really what you speak just as long as you can pull your if you can have if you have hundreds of Facebook friends that you can barrage send barrages of messages to to please buy my phone cards <laughs> um there are those jobs but generally uh, you know i see um some admin like working in an office they're mostly they need english but these days again they're they're lo- asking for other foreign european languages or uh, other asian mm. languages and nowadays we're seeing a lot more uh game or app phone application job postings so um so you, how is it like learning korean because i know like korean has the advantage of you know not having a thousand kanji like japanese does but i know it's still not easy so how was it learning korean for you or you, you know is it is... i've uh, i've i bought i probably had 20 different korean language learning books that i've never used <laughs> okay. I, I can't read or write to save my life I would be dead if somebody said, write your name right now in Korean or we're going to beat you over the head. <laughs> wow. I, I would be beat. But learning the language is not that difficult. They, there are government-offered free classes. There are uh, YMCA paid-for classes. There are hundreds of, throughout Korea, there are hundreds of language exchange groups. I've heard some groups, the, the Koreans, they, they'll teach Korean for an hour or 40 minutes and then they'll switch and then it's an open discussion. Okay. Sometimes it's book directed, like they'll, they'll have a, a text, an English textbook and they want the, the foreigners who want to learn Korean, they want them to partake in, in helping the discussion mm-hmm. move along, correcting the mistakes and such. But yeah, there's lots and lots of opportunities for people to learn Korean. As I said earlier, my wife's Korean, so I just, I have that advantage that I don't have to deal with written written stuff much (laughs) and i do speak i've picked up a lot of korean just watching tv how's the how's the tv actually i should ask because you know people say foreigners always say japanese tv sucks but i i disagree with that i think there's good shows for if you if you don't just say go in there with a bad attitude but how's korean tv is it good do you watch the shows you like or (laughs) yeah you know i 
I'm kind of, I really like watching a couple of the cable channels that show English shows, but I am not afraid of watching, sitting down and watching an interesting dramas. Some dramas are long run dramas here, but generally Korean dramas are, I think they're about three months mm-hmm. long. I could be wrong, but they're many of them have the same storyline, but they're, they always had a twist. And I'll tell you that Korean movies and dramas, the directors, they will catch you. The, the twist will come when you least expect it. <laughs> yeah, they still they play some of those de- uh, during the daytime here at Korean dramas on Japanese TV, actually. Really? Are they subtitled or are they uh, subtitled? Okay, that's good. <laughs> I mean, the voiceover kind of takes takes it away but when you can see them acting and doing their thing. As long as you can read and follow along. Yeah. It's, they're, they're just in, sometimes they're interesting. For sure. Um, so I want to ask one question just, to, just for my own interest. What does is, what is South Korea think about North Korea? You know, because, I mean, the rest of the world, you know, is kind of, well, who know, North Korea is doing some crazy stuff, but we don't know. What does Korea, South Korea, think about it? We just, you know, my mom always, over the years, my mom has said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come visit in the spring, and then North Korea will do something, <laughs> and my whole family will jump on my mom and say, you cannot go there. <laughs> yeah. But what do we do here? We really ignore it. It's just saber rattling and even people up north, they don't get nervous. <laughs> we should. We should. We should be paying attention to what's going on and we should be ready, you know, for what, what, whatever may happen. But is he going to nuke us? No. If anything, his idea might be to come down here and take what we have. So he doesn't want to nuke uh-huh. us. Okay. Always wondered that. So I got a firsthand look. <laughs> you know, in general, the Korean people and foreigners, foreigners kind of freak out if they're new, but generally foreigners who've been here more than a couple of years, we just take it and go like, yeah, okay. Okay. So last question here tonight. Um, So what's kind of, what's one thing you wish you knew before you got to Korea that would make your time, would have made your time a little bit better, easier to get used to it or something like that? Um, Language. As <laughs> simple as that? <laughs> yeah, to me, it's that if, if people, um, I don't want to make anybody angry, but Korean language is said to be the most scientific language on mm-hmm. earth because it's got a set number of characters and not grammatically, just the language, the writing and the speaking, the pronunciation is very scientific. I have no idea if, if that's true. I don't mm-hmm. care. But if I had learned any Korean before I came here, I think I would have been better off. <laughs> what, are, what are kind of your future plans? Are you can just stay in Korea, keeping the job you're doing now, or what do you see yourself in, you know, a few years? I, I, <clears throat> I've always wanted to have an English consultancy business where I constantly take pictures of oddball signs in English that just blow your mind away. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts. Yeah. Band, same thing. I'm sure it's the <laughs> yeah. same. So my dream is to someday have my own business where I can help people set up, graphically set up web pages or or menus or signboards, things like that. Anything that has to do with Korean and English. All right, Pete, so I'll let you go. But uh, thanks for letting us, you know, sharing a little light into what it's like in Korea. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you, James. Thanks for listening to the ALT Insider Podcast. For more info on how you can have more fun working in Japan, visit altinsider.com. See you next time.